This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Today's video, I'm gonna break down what is the end asset. I'm gonna show you the difference between a typical life insurance policy versus a max funded or overfunded policy. And the purpose of this video is just really to set this record straight. I have gone on record many times by saying, if set up and used properly, a lot of people like to troll me in the comments and say, Caleb, if set up and used properly, and I'll be the first to say, majority of life insurance and how it's set up and used is not great. And as a result, put me in the Dave Ramsey camps, put me in the financial gurus camps, because I've seen a lot of horror stories and a lot of people not live intentionally with life insurance. On the flip side, that doesn't make all life insurance bad. That doesn't make all the people that talk about life insurance bad. When set up and used properly, I believe it's one of the greatest assets that you can have in your life. And that's why I put majority of all my savings into life insurance because of how it's designed. And so it might be easy for me to say that. I have a tons of videos on this channel that talk about the pros and cons and all breaking this down. But I want this to be a piece of content that is able to show you the difference so that you can make the decision. Again, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to convince anybody. I just really believe that if you understood what I know about this asset, you would understand like, oh, I get where Dave Ramsey, I get where Ramit Seti, I get where Susie Orman, I get where they're coming from. But if you have the means, this asset can be truly incredible and it's not an investment, but it can be an amazing place to put in your portfolio. So I'll let you be the judge of that. I, uh, I'm going to try to prove this statement. And I know it's a, it could be an in-your-face statement, but I really believe when life insurance is set up and used properly, this, it becomes an asset that can leverage your dollar better than any other paper asset on the market. And that is why I am such a huge fan of this. Now, when not set up and not used properly, um, I think it's the exact opposite. And that's what, my, what I hope to share with you in this video. This is really the, the drawing. I've drawn this many times. I'm going to spare you the bad drawing. But when, when life insurance, again, is funded properly, uh, it literally will give you a dollar. It will compound your money the rest of your life. I call this lifetime growth or lifetime compounding versus maybe like a retirement compounding. So many retirement plans or strategies don't compound your money till the day that you die. And as a result, you you're, you're get a fraction or you're killing the goose that's laying the golden egg. And so I think um, the lifetime growth is one of those things that is pretty incredible. Now, I also want to be very, very clear. Life insurance is not an investment. If it's ever sold like an investment, you should run. And quite frankly, you will be disappointed if you buy life insurance like an investment. The reason I talk about it being an and is it gives your money multiple utility. And so when I say good growth, I'm really comparing life insurance to a like asset, like a savings account. And so when I say life insurance gets you a three and a half or four, four and a half percent growth, people are like, well, that's not good. The market or, or real estate or business grows way more than that. And I 100% agree. That's why I don't think it's a great investment. But what savings account, what safe asset do you know that's getting you anywhere near that? And I have other videos that break this down, but we're not just looking at the three and a half or four and a half percent. We can't just compare that to a savings account because a savings account, you have to pay taxes, whereas a life insurance policy, that, that is tax-free uh, when set up and used properly. And so um, it, it really elevates the, the rate of return even greater. And again, not ever going to compare to a, an investment, but when you compare all the other benefits... That's why I, I stand by my statement that when, when you understand that this is an, a foundational asset, it gets you a phenomenal rate of return. And that's, again, why I just don't understand why so many people shy away from saying, yeah, life insurance is a horrible rate of return. Um, it's really because they're trying to compare it to an investment and it's not even, it's not, you can't legally even call it an investment. So lifetime growth, sorry for getting so passionate about that. Lifetime growth uh, is a benefit. The other epiphany that I had is, 
you can control and use your capital today and in the future while your money continues to grow. This is why I wrote the book, The And Asset, because I was so blown away that you can use your capital to invest in things that you care about, your business, real estate, whatever, crypto, the market, and you get the future compounding benefit regardless if you've borrowed against it or not. That's truly incredible. And that's just an amazing, amazing benefit that we have in life insurance. At the same time, the life insurance as a part of your portfolio in the future gives your dollars multiple utility and multiple options. So if you have if you have money in the market, it gives you the ability to potentially take out more cash flow because the life insurance can be a non-correlated asset that can create become a volatility buffer, meaning if there's volatility and the market's down, you can tap into that and let your assets recover and as a result, be able to uh, take out more money because you're just, again, it's just one of those things where um, the 4% rule or the 3% rule is is really there as a hedge for volatility. But if you're able to take four, five, six years of volatility off the table, you're, you're able to withdraw m- more money with confidence. It also allows you to be more creative with pensions and uh, unlock other assets. Point is, when life insurance is a part of your portfolio, you can get out more cash flow. There's a lot of academic research, including Erson Young just did a did a study on this, and it just shows you that it's not in the rate of return, it's in the where your assets are held and how they can spend money in the future. And so I, I've talked about retirement should be really called the future cash flow planning. And if we called it future cash flow planning, we would become bigger fans of things like life insurance because we would understand life insurance is a part of your portfolio could enhance the cash flow of uh, what you can spend, which is uh, an amazing benefit and what retirement, I think, should uh, all be about is how much money you can spend. At the same time, when life insurance is set up and used properly, it protects you and your money through the death benefit, through through other living benefits and other riders that the insurance um, has. This is something that majority of people will agree with. Um, And so it's just, again, you put a dollar and it gives you four jobs and four, you know, utilities or or benefits. And then these are the, the other two is the ability to save more. Uh, again, there's no academic research that backs this up. I just reverse engineer and say, can I save more money as an entrepreneur if I have access to it throughout my life? For me, the answer is yes. I know if I had to choose between this or that, my business or a Roth IRA, my you know my business or a 401k, it would be like this. You know, wherever I put my money, there's an opportunity cost, short term and long term. I know since I have control over it, I can save a lot more. Okay, so that's just maybe my opinion. You can let me know in the comments. Do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Um, but I just believe, and I've seen our clients be able to save more money because they're not saying see ya for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And then uh, the most Wooey thing I might say all day is it, I believe it it makes you be uh, a greater asset if you understand life insurance. I believe you can live more intentionally if you actually understand the multi-use of life insurance. So again, like this is take this with a grain of salt, but I believe if you understand life insurance and it's at your portfolio, it unlocks you to live more intentionally. Again, I understand that that's not really backed up in a lot of numbers. It's mo- mostly again my experience in working and coaching with people. So. What is life insurance? Life insurance is a contract between you and an insurance company. It's a unilateral contract, which means if you do what you say you're going to do in the contract, the insurance company is binded to do what they what's in the contract from day one. And so you're really in control because at any time you can 
you know, not do what you're going to, you're going to do and walk away. But the insurance company is bound to that com uh, contract. Um, so really the, f the first thing is if you're going to make a contract with anything, you have to understand what is the credibility? What's how powerful is the insurance company's ability to keep their promises? And so there you have to understand the difference between a mutual and a stock company, the ratings, and just has this company, like, is this company new or have they been around for hundred over a hundred years, which majority of the insurance companies that we work with have been around for over a hundred years which just creates a little bit more credibility than the the bank or credit union that that you know it just pops up there there's a lot of credibility there uh, we get a questions a lot about the mutual versus stock mutual pretty much means the policy holder the person that's entering into the contract is part owners of the insurance company whereas a stock company in my opinion has this conflict of interest because the profits go to the shareholders and they also need to create pro um, competitive products. And so the dollars are really, there's a fight who, who gets them. Whereas a mutual company, um, they're, the, the benefits, the profits ultimately flow to the policyholder. And so um, we, I don't think I've ever sold a stock company, maybe like an uh, a couple term policies when I first got in the business. But um, every and asset slash overfunded life insurance policy that we set up has been with a mutual carrier that's top rated, that has a long track record. Um, and, and it's just really, really important that you want to set it up in that way. The contract. Um, not all contracts are created equal, and this is where I really want to focus on because, yes, the company matters, but I would say the contract, in, in all reality, matters more um, because there's a lot of solid companies out there, but I, I've seen when I've reviewed so many people's insurance policies is their contract is just not optimally designed. And as a result, they might have a good policy, but it's not great. And so really the contract matters a ton. And there's really a difference between a term and a permanent. This is just like term is a temporary contract that says we're going to protect you for a temper like 20, 30 years. And then after the 10 or 10, 20, 30 years, uh, it gets quite expensive. And in, in most cases, people don't renew because it just doesn't financially make sense. And so term insurance is amazing if you have a temporary need. And I think majority of people, you, a lot of our clients use term insurance because the way that we set up permanent life insurance is not to maximize your human life value. It's really to optimize your savings. And so if there's a, a greater human life need, um, then we get term insurance uh, because that's just the most efficient way to cover your or protect you for a period of time. A permanent, con the permanent essentially means it's going to last your entire life. Um, and again, we reverse engineer this to really optimize uh, for cash value and, and your living benefits. And so when I say a special type of life insurance, the philosophy is we want to maximize living benefits. So we want to give as much living benefits as possible and we want to minimize the death benefit as much as possible. In other words, we want to maximize cash and minimize the true base or drag insurance costs to each contract. And so again, this is, um, we could, we could spend a whole video on this, but when life insurance again is set up and used properly, when it's max funded, you have safety, you can easily, it's easily accessible. So another word to say that is liquid. I believe it gets competitive growth. I'll have another video on this channel. I've, I've men, have many videos, but I'm going to have another video in this series that talks about the competitive growth. It's leverageable, meaning you can borrow against it and it grows. There's guarantees built in. There's no percentage-based fees. It's free of regulation um, and so many other private benefits to, to life insurance. 
depending on what state, some states are really, really good. Some states are average. Um, there's creditor protections. Uh, you don't get a deductible contribution. So it's, you don't get to, it's not like a 401k where you get a tax deduction. Um, but when set up and used properly, your money will grow tax-free. You can utilize it tax-free and it gets passed on to the next generation tax-free through the death benefit. So again, this is not a an investment, but it's a pretty remarkable asset if you compare it to a like asset, like a savings account. So here's the slide. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself off here. Um, so this is, I'm, I'm comparing a typical policy versus a max funded policy. I want to m- make myself very, very clear. I'm not saying the, the max funded policy is the most optimally designed. I just want to show you how drastic this can be. This is with the same company, same company. It's a mutual company. This company is, is incredible. This company is, is an incredible company to do, to work with, but I just want to show you how drastic, how you design a policy and how drastic it could be. We're going to look at, you're, you're putting $50,000 in. Now, a common question I get is, Caleb, why are you using 50000 It could be 5000 It could be $500,000. i am just using 50000 because this is, what, this is what number we had and um, and this is just the number that we had. So it could literally, it doesn't, doesn't matter how much money we're putting in. This is just for illustrated purposes. This is just to prove a point. You put $50,000 in, the cash value that you have in year one is zero. The death benefit, the permanent death benefit is 3.9 million. So that's an asset. If you died in year one, your estate would have $3.9 million to get paid. So it's not like, you can't say this is a total ripoff, but you can see it's like you put $50,000 into something you have nothing to show for it. Year one, other than a death benefit. Year two, you put $50,000 in, nothing to show for it. Year three, you're $150,000 in, $25,000 to show for it. So you can see, again, this, this takes a while to get, to get up. You can see the death benefit is, is growing because of these dividends are you know, buying paid up additions. And so again, over time, you could look at this and say, okay, this, I see where someone would put their money into this, but you can see where Dave Ramsey and many other people are like, wow, life insurance is a horrible investment. It's a terrible place to put your money. No flexibility. It's just really not good. Versus a max funded policy, the same company, same company, you put $50,000 in, you have 39000 with a way different death benefit, 1.3 million. That's why we're a big fan of term because if you need a four, $4 million need, we would get the rest in, in term insurance because that's just the most efficient way to utilize your capital. And so again, you, you put $50,000 in, instead of having nothing to show for it, you have $82,000 to, to show for it. So it's vastly different. This, I think this break even is uh, year, year six, meaning you have more money than what you put in, in this example. Again, I'm not saying that this is the most optimally designed policy. I'm just showing you that this is the same company, same person, same um, health rating, different design. And so a typical policy, again, high base, little to no cash value, no flexibility, and usually takes 10 plus years to break even. This is a typical policy. And again, I'm not endorsing this. I'm not saying that this is a, a great Policy, I'm just, this is the typical policy. When a lot of people badmouth life insurance, a lot of life insurance is put in this category. This is a 12-year break even, and uh, which means after 12 years, you have more money than what, what you've put in. So again, in lo- big picture, when a lot of people are not utilizing their policy at all, it, it may be fine. I mean, you get a permanent death benefit and you break even after 12 years and you have different... Um, you know, retirement benefits to life insurance. A lot of people say like, this is, this is fine. I, I understand that. And it's, and it's great. Um, but 
a specially designed policy, usually we have some type of PUA riders or term riders. And then really the key thing when you specially design a policy is you have a lot more early cash value, you have more flexibility, you have better long-term growth. Usually the death benefit is also higher uh, when you hit the mortality, when you're actually supposed to quote unquote die. The biggest difference is it pays a way less commission. That's like, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, probably the biggest difference is just what the agent gets paid. That's one of the biggest difference. I mean, there's, you know, you could make the argument that um, there's less flexibility in the future. I have not seen that with the insurance companies that we've written with, with how we design. Usually it's just you get paid a fraction of what you would get paid um, in the other solution. That's what I've found. But again, I'm, I'm very open-minded and, and there's not one design, doesn't, it's not a one-size-fits-all. But what I find is when you specially design a policy, usually everything gets better, short-term and long-term. That's what I found. And so in that same company, instead of breaking even in year 12, you break even in year six. Um, and if you look back, you'll see that the death benefit over 30 years is 5.8 million. That's a permanent death benefit of 5.8 million. Whereas if we go back, this traditional typical policy, you know, that takes 12 years to break even at age 30 is 5.8 million. So maybe slightly higher death benefit, but in a couple of years, the uh, max design policy has a greater death benefit and way more cash value. Instead of 2.7 million, we have 3.2 with practically the same death benefit. So again, short-term, better, long-term, better, better growth, more flexibility, higher death benefit long-term. The biggest difference is the initial death benefit is a lot smaller, and as a result, more money gets to go towards um, you know, supercharging all the other living benefits. I will end with this concept of when set up and used properly, your, your policy, quite frankly, gives your dollars more than one utility. I'll go back to that same drawing. And I think of it like an iPhone because no one looks at your iPhone or your smartphone and says, this is a horrible investment. No one, no one does that. No one, no one looks at a, a cell phone and says, that's an investment, that's a terrible investment. Yet it's funny, majority of people have a smartphone. Why? Because a smartphone gives you so much utility. It's so efficient for you to use. And we might hate social media and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's our GPS. It's our flashlight. We can take calls on it. We can text on it. It's our alarm clock. It's our white sound machine, for at least for me. Um, there's so many other benefits. Um, and, and as a result, it's just one of those things where everyone has. I believe we need to look at life insurance the same way. We should not look at it as an investment. Rather, we should look at it as a when, when set up and used properly, it's an incredible asset. And, and as a result, um, it can give us so many benefits and so much utility. And so again, um, you can make the decision like um, what your opinions are. I would encourage you to share this with people in the industry that need to know this and, and maybe people that have a stigma against life insurance. I'm with you. I'm with you. And not all life insurance is created equal. And when you set it up and use it properly and you understand that it's not an investment, rather it, it's, a, it's a, I think, a superior place to store and use your capital, um, really the only cons are in the first couple of years, if you cancel, you have less money than, to show for it. So that's con number one. Not everyone qualifies um, health-wise. That's con number two. Th those are really the two cons that I, that I see. Um, because over time, it's a way more efficient place to save and use your money. And so if you want a short-term win, 
um, don't don't do this. If, if you if you cancel in the first couple of years, not great. But at the end of the day, if you get a policy that's maximally designed and and see it as a place to store your money long term and utilize it long term, it can be an amazing amazing asset and can put hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in the future and give you opportunities and options to create a way greater cash flow in the future. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing to this channel, sharing the, these videos. Your comments means the world. We're really trying to unlock intentional living and help people think differently with money. And so um, hearing from all of you means the world. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.